It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda. Thank you for being with us on this episode. Today, I have an old friend of mine, old in our friendship, not old in years, in her age. <laughs> Jennifer Hammond. How are you, Jennifer? Yeah! <laughs> I'm so Jennifer, excited to be with you. Oh, my gosh. This is so great. It's so crazy. The tables have turned. I'm usually on your show. So, Jennifer, if you don't know Jennifer, she has been on Sirius XM for 12 years, and she is a real estate guru. She, she's a real estate person for the, for the whole country because people listen to her all over the country. Now she has a phenomenal podcast. She's a best-selling author. She has classes online, like everything you need to know about real estate investing. Jennifer is your lady. Well, I'm so excited to have the tables turned and to be interviewed by you because it's time. We've been talking about it for years and years and years. And I feel like we have such a special friendship because we both love helping people grow and get to the next level. Whatever they are, wherever you are now, you can get to the next level. And that's something that brings me so much joy. And I know it does for you as well. Yeah, right. And that's why, we, I mean... For, for years, I mean, I remember meeting you for the very first time. You are the first person that taught me how to speak on radio back yeah. in the day. We were at the Publicity Summit in New York City. I met you, and you were doing training for free because that's what you do. And, um, and it was just really unbelievably helpful to me. And, and I ended up launching a radio show after that and now the podcast. And, and so I'm just grateful. Thank you so much for saying that. And so nice to know that it mattered and then that it helped you because I love, 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 again, watching people kind of come out of their shell. Because for me, I had to come out of my shell because, you know, I'm just an island girl from Key West who really liked just being kind of quiet to myself. And then I realized that how we really help the world and change the world is by sharing what we know and what we love. And so I have just, it's, I feel, I want to say, it feels like watching you is like watching a butterfly come out of a cocoon <laughs> and fly. Well, so, well thank yay. you. When I have great mentors like you, it's, it's not an issue, but I, I want to really ask about Key West for a second. Um, <laughs> were you actually born in Key West? Is that what you're saying? So I moved there when I was about six years old. So I wasn't born there. They, in, in funny, in, in Key West, they're a little snobby about it. They call me a freshwater conch because anybody from uh, Key West is actually called a conch. But I remember, because of course, when I was there, even in, in high school, it was the 1980s. And that was when um, Cuba, Cubans were coming over on rafts. And I remember in our high school, we would have these Cubans. They would be so incredibly uh, good students. I was not necessarily a good student because <laughs> back in those days, like we had, which I don't even know if a lot of schools, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So school's completely different now. But I remember in high school, we used to have what was called an open lunch. And we would walk over to the beach in Key West for our open lunch. And we would eat these Cuban sandwiches and we would, you know, <laughs> hang out on the beach and, if you okay. thought we went back after lunch, not always. <laughs> so that would kind of give you an idea. My high school, I wasn't very responsible and I was living very much an island life, you know, and, and part of that had to do with my, my hippie parents who um, 
probably were a different kind of role model. Yeah. 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 I know a little bit about that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I know a little bit about that story. It, didn't, it wasn't great. No. <laughs> Very tough childhood, actually, is what I know about you. How did you get from Key West to uh, Washington, D.C.? Well, interesting. I ended up getting a scholarship, which is a long story, but I ended up, which again is, is uh, but, it, but it's a neat story because, and sometime I'll, I'll tell you the whole story, but there was a really special principal in Key West High who died my senior year. And he and a, a committee, as actually his wife and a committee of people decided to end up giving me a scholarship to college, which of course at that point I thought was a lark because I'd been told over and over about how stupid I was. And, you know, I had an alcoholic mother and a drug addict brother and I didn't, I didn't see any kind of future for myself. And then all of a sudden I ended up with a scholarship and then they said to me, we didn't know, you know, the, the counselor that sat me down, he sat me down, he used to call me Green Eyes Hammond. He'd say, Green Eyes Hammond, you have so much potential and yet you have all the, the hard knocks of life. And I didn't know what that meant. All I knew was I was looking to find my dad. I hadn't seen him in years and I found out he was in Las Vegas. So as far as I was concerned, I was getting on a Greyhound bus and making it to Vegas to go find my daddy. And this counselor, he said to me, you have potential. And so sure enough, they ended up giving me a two-year scholarship to the junior college in Key West, Florida. And that was the great start for me for again, believing that I could be more than, you know, all of the terrible things that have been said about me back then. And, and it's funny because it was just, you know, invalidations from people who were really in, unfortunately, drug addicts and alcoholics and people who, who had lost their zest for life. And so anyway, long story short, I ended up with that scholarship based on potential, potential, which is such an interesting thing because I realized that after that, I ended up going to call, I went on for a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. And then when I finished, I decided I wanted to change the world. And so I ended up in Washington, DC working for a congressman. And unfortunately that only lasted about six months. And I really hated um, that job because I, I realized there were so many things um, where I wasn't making a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the. I talk about you know you've talked about being a clog in the wheel. The interesting thing about Capitol Hill, I I realized that as a staff member, I was definitely not making a difference in anybody's life, and I had to get into something better. And I actually ran across the street to the Library of Congress, and I sat down. It was funny. It's the Gold Dome Library of Congress, where you can go inside this reading room. And I found this really friendly librarian and she sat down with me and she said she had books and books and books and books of careers because similar like what you do, I was like going, I don't know what I wanna be when I grow up. And now I have a master's degree and a bachelor's degree and, and an A degree and I don't wanna do any of that. I definitely didn't wanna do public administration anymore. And so I was like, what am I gonna do that will really matter in life? And so we went all the way through and I remember I got to circus clown and I thought, well, that would be a fun job. Could somebody really get paid to be a circus clown? And of course, at the time, unfortunately, I had a very snobby fiance who was really upset with me for even the joking of, of circus clown. He's like, you need to be something respectable. And so then I thought, well, maybe I should go to law school. And I got rejected. They didn't, because I do very poorly on standardized tests. And I was like, no. 
nobody likes rejection. That was brutal. I hate rejection. And then I went, I continued down, you know, going through all these careers while I'm sitting in the Library of Congress and I got to real estate. I was like, real estate, I love real estate. And so back then, back in the day, that was 20, almost 25 years ago, I ended up realizing that women were not really well accepted in the Washington DC real estate scene. So I wanted to be a real estate investor, but I didn't have any money and I didn't have any mentors. And so what I did is I became licensed as a real estate agent because then I got access to all of the listings and the people. I got invited into rooms that never would have been invited in. And then from there, I very covertly became extremely successful as a real estate investor, but I kept it really, I kept it hidden because I didn't want people to know <laughs> <laughs> because I was afraid one, I was afraid it would, it would just fall apart. And then I would really look stupid, but also I really was addicted to being a real estate agent because I got to help people. I got to, I never had financial literacy, just basic financial literacy. And so I loved when I could teach people, hey, you know, you can put down this down payment program together in Washington, D.C. They also had a $10,000 uh, grant you could get at the time, as well as get your down payment paid for. You could get your closing costs paid for and no real estate taxes for five years. So anyway, I would I love showing my friends how to do that. And then they could buy a house and then they were saving all this money and making equity and blah, blah, blah. And so I got addicted to that. So now, you know, almost. 24 or 25 years later, I still do help people. I'm still licensed as a real estate agent in Virginia, DC and Maryland, but a very interesting kind of winding road, you know, and then Sirius XM was so much fun because for years I got to teach people about real estate in all sorts of things from first time home buyer, like I have a first time home buyer class. Do you want to know about the grants? Do you want to know how to do that? Do you want to get somebody else, OPM, other people's money? Do you want to get somebody to pay for the closing costs? All of that kind of stuff, it's so powerful when you can do that. Same thing with real estate investing. If you can help somebody, if you teach somebody to fish, mm -hmm. then you can get them to duplicate that over and over. They can teach their children, their neighbors, their friends, and it just changes us financially. And I didn't have that when I was a kid. I didn't have those role models. So for me, it's just my passion is helping people. Yeah, well, that's awesome story. I love that. I'm glad that I asked that question. I didn't know those little cool details. <laughs> that is so fun. So um, as a real estate agent, what would be like if we were on a plane and it was crashing and there was one or two tips you could give me as a, as a real estate investor, what would you want to impart? Okay. Now you're just going to be, you know, you're just being funny, Tom, because I was on a plane that was about to crash. And I learned a lot about myself that day. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Which really? is so funny. I was on a plane and we were actually, I won't say the name of the airline because I don't want to scare people because they're still in existence. But this is years ago. And I remember we were flying into a Caribbean island. I love to go down to the Caribbean islands. I've just always been an island girl. And so we're supposed to be landing on the island of St. Thomas, which is the United States Virgin Island. And I know the islands well enough to know we are not landing and we are starting to circle the island and I was like why are we circling the island and then all of a sudden I see us go zoom and there is no longer an island and I'm like we have now left St. Thomas and I have friends that are meeting me there and I was like what is going on why are we not stopping and there's a couple beside me who had flown over from California and they were a little hungover because uh guess what the night before was their wedding 
And so they're going on their honeymoon to St. Thomas. So I all of a sudden am like, hey, we've somehow missed the island of St. Thomas. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, I do think we're in trouble. I don't know what, what's happening right now, but I think we're going we're gonna to have some challenges coming up, And which reminds me of real estate. Oh my gosh, there's challenges from time to time. But what I found was as we got closer and closer to Puerto Rico, we had a pilot who came on who had never had any public relations training. So the words that came out of his mouth will never be forgotten, <laughs> including, um, so we have had some trouble with the landing gear. It's not working. And so we are going to have to have a crash landing. Not words you ever want to hear from your pilot. Yeah. But then he came back on and he said, I want to make sure you guys are bracing. If you're looking out the window and you see the ambulances, just know that they're there for us for our crash landing. He couldn't stop saying those words. And at that time, to answer your question, I became very funny. I didn't even know I was funny. And I, I immediately started making everybody laugh about, you know, did you buy it? Did you own your dream home? Did you, you know, did you do all the things you were supposed to? I don't even know. I got into, so, and then I, but I started the whole thing was, do you think the pilot should have had some public relations training on how to announce an emergency? And it was funny because it was dead silent the first time I said that, because I just said it loudly. And of course the, the, the stewardess are trying to calm everybody down. And I just like, just thinking out loud, don't you think maybe the pilot should have had some training not to say the word crash landing? Oh my God. Or maybe not to bring up the idea that we should look out our window and look at the ambulances. And then the third thing he said that again, I'll never forget <laughs> as the people beside me were asking real estate questions. Um, I would, you know, cause they were honeymooners. Oh my gosh. We got into a whole funny real estate conversation, but the last thing he said was, <laughs> so if you wonder why we're continuing to fly around, it's just because we're trying to burn off the gasoline so that, or the fuel, that's what he said. So, so we can burn off more fuel. So when we crash land, it won't be as big of a fire. Oh my God. What? What oh. kind of crazy? crazy idea is that anyway i know i went way off board there but the idea of what you said as a real estate you know when you're looking at real estate one of the things i would tell you is you do need to decide you're going to have your dream home and i think the pandemic has been one of those things where you know the definition i use my air quotes the definition of home is so different now it's so so different and and you should think about what is your dream home is it with a view of the ocean is it somewhere where you're in the countryside or the mountains? You know, is it in a place where you have enough room to have your studio, your podcast studio, Tom? Or is it a place where you're close enough you can take a walk on the beach? Or what is it? And find what that is and make sure your goal is always getting to that. And don't, don't get to the point where you're just always compromising on your life. And, you know, there's, there's just, life is only so long and you never know if you're going to be on a plane it's about to crash well, um, yeah well said though really great advice really great advice and and it you know i i'm i'm a recreational pilot so i know exactly what was going on in that pilot's head and he was doing it wrong for sure but obviously the plane didn't have a crash landing we, we hit hard yeah we hit hard and uh but i think part of the gear came down so I think maybe only one of them didn't come down. 
So we kind of did a little, but we were good. We didn't need the ambulances. Some people were hurt, but it wasn't like hurt, hurt badly, uh, you know? Uh, so it was an experience. <laughs> that's crazy. And, it, and it's, you know, you got to think about that when you are, um, you know, going through life. I, I always say that your decision, regardless of what it is, whether it's buying a franchise or, or, you know, buying a house, it's the choice between uncertainty or unhappiness. Yeah. And life is too short to choose unhappiness. Yep. Uncertainty is scary, but that's where magic happens, right? Yep. It's right outside that line of fear and uncertainty. Right on the other side of that line of fear is everything you want in life. You got to yeah. get through that fear. And the only way through it is through it. There's no erasing fear. Before I forget, though, I want to ask, make sure we get this on the air. Where could people find out more about you, get in contact with you, all that stuff? So my podcast, I feel like it's everywhere now. It's Jennifer J. Hammond podcast. And we added the J in my name. And it's really funny because I'm known for saying, yay. And so it's almost like saying Jennifer, yay, Hammond. But it is a J, just like Jennifer. Jennifer J. Hammond podcast. And we're, you know, on all the Spotify, the iTunes, all that stuff. And we are just launching onto YouTube, just like what you do. And I'm so, I'm so incredibly thankful. Oh, yeah. And my website is Jennifer J hammond.com jennifer j hammond.com i have a first time home buyer um, as well as of course um, for real estate investors if you want i just did the same thing as what you did i just created a master class that is six it's a six-week class so of course it's all put together and all the videos are available online as well so it is amazing what you need to know about setting up your business and putting together, as I call it, your yay team, you know, your lawyer, your real estate person, your home inspector, all these different people that need to be on your team. So I have created as many resources and I keep on creating as people give me ideas, credit. How do you get a million dollars worth of um, funding and credit, you know, on unsecured lines of credit, how right. is all that stuff? So I just love helping people. And I, Tom, I'm so grateful. Thanks for having me today. That's so awesome. And, and so how about credit repair? Do you talk about that at all? I do. I talk about that a lot. And, 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 and also the misnomer a lot of times about credit pair. A lot of times people don't realize in your, you can have an 800 credit score and then you keep trying to repair it because you're not getting funding. So the credit score is the shiny object that people look at a lot of times. Whereas what you really need is the full picture and the full picture, like even on your credit score, there are 30 different things that you need to look at. Like for example, a quick, quick, quick one is people don't realize how important your name is. For instance, right now, if you pulled out your credit cards and you looked at your credit cards, is your name exactly the same? Or is the, some of them have a middle initial, some of them don't. That pulls your credit score down. I didn't know that. Yeah, because, and think about this, Tom, because your identity is so important. Mm -hmm. there's so much identity fraud right now. And so if you're getting rated, especially as a business, but as a personal, of course, your business immediately starts to tie in the beginning as you're building your business credit, it will still tie back to who you are as a person. And so, and again, the same thing, if all three of your scores are different, there's mistakes. Mm. So you need to figure out those mistakes. Anyway, we could do a whole show on credit. Yeah. I love, love, love helping people with credit. So, oh, wow. That we are doing that, Jennifer. We need okay. to do that. Yeah. But this is so awesome. And I, and I know that you have a hard stop. You're a very, very busy person. Um, so uh, again, it's Jennifer J. Hammond. That's H-A-M-M-O-N-D. It'll be in the show notes. Go to the franchiseacademy.com. Everything will be there. How to get in touch with Jennifer. It's just a bright light 
for everyone out there. I appreciate the yay girl. Thank you so yay. much for being on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.